0: guys, and welcome into another edition of the Scoop De Hoop Podcast. We're back again for, it's a little, it's a little bit spookier this time, Mike. It's a scary podcast. Yeah, scary podcast. And Mike, it's it's extra scary for you because your voice is killing you.
1: Yeah, um, you know, night out, celebrating Halloween, feeling a little sick afterwards. Just feeling uh, a little under the weather, but we're power, power through it.
0: Yeah, so uh, if Mike's volume's a little bit lower, if he sounds a little bit more beat up, just know it's not because someone punched him in the throat. It's because he was out trick-or-treating for a little bit too long. Feels like he got punched in the throat. Looks like he got punched in the throat. Looks like he got punched all over. Looks like he got punched everywhere, yeah. Um, right. so first things first, we finally have NBA news for once. Uh, How about Steph Curry and the Warriors?
1: Yeah, that is devastating. The Warriors have been horrendous so far this season. and uh, have I mean, the the breaking news was Steph Curry broke his hand right
0: yeah broke his hand and it's being reported that he's going to be out at least three to four months
1: yeah that is that is bad 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 news for them it,
0: it, it, do you think there might be chalking it because i know it's a hand injury and they said oh it's the same one that drew Brees went through and all this stuff but to me it kind of feels like i don't know three to four months for a broken hand i know they use obviously i don't i, I don't know i don't know
1: I feel like it it takes a while to heal, plus also you're just trying to get that shooting form back, like that same motion, like it probably takes so long just for like, he's probably so many reps of just getting that flick of the wrist and all that motion back in general, probably takes a while, I mean he's an NBA player, he's a top tier NBA player, he's in great shape, so he might be back sooner than expected, but it seems about right for that time period.
0: Yeah, I guess, but it almost, I don't know, to to me it's like they're chalking the season, I think for good reason. Uh, the biggest yeah. one of the biggest things to um, to follow out of this whole thing, and this is a great point by I believe Kevin O'Connor said. All of his life, Draymond Green's been a winner. He won a state championship, was in the final four in um, when he was at uh, Michigan State. They were good every single year they were there, and then in the NBA, obviously a winner right away, multiple championships. This would be the first season since I don't even know when, then he would have a losing record, probably since he first came to the Warriors. How's he going to handle it? We already uh, know that he's not exactly uh, Mr. Positive all the time.
1: Yeah, I was kind of thinking about this right when I saw the Steph injury happen, even before the news of like how long he's going to be out was. Is This team looks really bad, and the prospects of them turning it around, especially with Steph out, aren't great. So, do they at some point start to try and shop some players around, start to put out some I was
0: thinking that too, and that's what I was going to ask you. Now, obviously with all these players out, it's going to be a two-man show between D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green. Draymond Green, I can't imagine they're going to move a guy like Draymond Green, who's been in that franchise for so long, means so much to that city, and who they feel like, I think, when Klay Thompson comes back, they'll kind of reload it at that point, and I think they think they can probably have another run with that core, even though they're getting a little older. It seems to me like uh, D'Angelo Russell is going to be the guy who takes on all these shots, takes on all this added pressure. His his trade, ma- trade value may skyrocket, and he might be the perfect guy to trade for his age. Yeah, um... I don't know who else they would trade.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough, because I, I don't see them moving on from Draymond, but there's definitely people who'd be out in the market for Draymond. Oh, absolutely. A
0: Celtics team would totally be, like, that, that's a team right there. He doesn't have a terrible contract. It's I believe it's, like, very, very low max. I can double-check that in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. He's He'd have value.
1: Yeah, it's just, they're in such a weird place right now, this team. It's, the dynasty seems to sort of have, like, imploded, but also, when you look at it, if Clay comes back, they'll still have like their big three from when it all started of Clay, Steph, and Draymond. So there's still the prospect that they're a really good team come next year. It's just right now the way that this team's built, they they have nobody besides their big guys. And if Draymond sees that may, maybe the potential isn't there for the coming seasons, maybe he wants to move on. I mean, you just made the point of he's always been a winner. Maybe. He wants to go to a winning team. Yeah, maybe he wants to. Maybe
0: he doesn't project. Maybe he looks at this team and says, yeah, I'm the odd man out. And he's getting paid least of anybody. His contract is four years for $100 million, and that's it. Which seems like a massive underpay.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, didn't people kind of, like, rag on that when it first happened?
0: They did. Well, they were ragging on it because they thought he was going to make. he. They were saying he was going to go for the Supermax because he had it in his back pocket. But he uh, made a team friendly deal. But wow. I mean, there's so many teams that could totally use a draymond green anchor on that on their team
1: yeah um, it's it just kind of like I don't know where this team finishes the season I feel like they're gonna be really low in the lottery like yeah low me, as in like top like near like the, the top one
0: player, yeah, yeah I know closer. that's what I keep thinking too I
1: so like then the incentive there is for a player like Draymond if he if he wants to just keep waiting out he sees that he has a few more years left Maybe they get a top-tier talent in the draft this year. Maybe it's kind of a blessing in disguise that Steph gets an injury here and that they reload the draft. Almost. Yeah, they're able to they're able to add another guy who can kind of carry the franchise in the next few years.
0: Yeah, I mean maybe maybe in some situation they end up getting I don't know Devi <coughs> Ancha, I believe that's how you say his name. He's this uh, he's this uh, small forward. He's a good shooter. He's and he's a creator. And he's from uh, – he's overseas. Uh, I can't remember where he's from. Israel, I believe. And uh, maybe he's your new kind of plug-and-play scorer. I don't know. I mean, they, they definitely could make a move here. And with a lottery pick on top of their current team, I mean, in, in one year, if they keep their whole roster, everybody comes back healthy the next year, and they have a lottery pick, they might be the favorites immediately.
1: Yeah. They, they definitely – We'll be right up there with the Clippers in the Western Conference
0: because that's just a reloaded team. The only thing they really have to figure out is the reps, the rest of their depth, because they just have a very weird, oddly fitting together team. But most of the guys on their team are either on one or two year deals, so it all it all balances out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I I agree with you though. I think this team is going to end up in the dumps, especially now that Steph Curry is gone.
1: Well, I mean, we've just even. Based off their play when they had Steph this year, they they did not look good. No. They just don't have the guys outside of Steph and Draymond, and I guess D'Lo to really do anything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And all right, let's let's transition now over to another bit of news, Mike. This is about you a little bit more. You're a Sixers fan. What'd you think of the tussle that happened on Wednesday night between Carl Anthony Towns and your very own Joel Embiid?
1: Fight night in Philadelphia. Fight he night in Philly. I see it. Joel Embiid channeling his inner Rocky, throwing punches. Oh, jeez. Um, I mean, you saw him on the sidelines. He, he was hitting a little air boxing. Who, was, who won the fight? I don't think there was a winner. I don't fight. think there was there, a winner There was maybe. nothing that really happened. They kind of... I mean, it started with Embiid's arm was pinned in and Kat, and, and Embiid was definitely like...
0: Saying stuff,
1: Well, he it. was not necessarily trying to pull his arm away, and Kat was kind of giving it back and forth to him. So they both were going at it. It seemed... Um, they both just kind of like started throwing their arms around. Nobody really landed anything. Yeah, Cat got a nice thumb to the eye. Yep, um, and B got a finger slap on the wrist. And then then Ben Simmons him put him
0: in the chokehold. Yeah, put him the in real the...
1: winner is Ben Simmons' wrestling moves. Oh my god. Yeah, he made him tap. Made his legs squeal a little bit too. Yeah, kicking around. That door. was
0: some soft stuff right there. <sighs>
1: uh, I mean, it, it was a mess, but it was it, it was fun to watch. People have been. So Al Horford especially. Oh, I love I love Al. Gave the driest dad response of all time. Like, there's no place in the league for this kind of uh, this kind of situation to arise. But you know, we just want to go out there and have fun and play the game that we love. We don't want to see any fighting. And it's like, come on, Al. Yeah, it's, it's funny too because
0: every other Sixer was so into it. Mike Scott like licking his chops on the yeah. sidelines. That oh. was. That was, that was awesome. I mean, it, it, adds, it adds something to the league. It's something that's you don't want it to be marketable because of the whole fighting thing. But that's front-page news. That's what the NBA wants and needs at the end of the day. And it's two top-flight talents. And it's, it's fun to see an actual rivalry between players again. Like I feel like that, that's kind of over now. And Joel Embiid single-handedly is kind of bringing that back, the way he talks trash to so many different people.
1: Yeah, he's beefing with so many big men in the league. He has issues with Hassan Whiteside, uh, Andre Drummond, and now, especially Cat, like, on and off they've been since both the guys were in the league, Yeah, throwing jabs at each other on social media, throwing jabs at each other in real life on the court. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a fun little rivalry. They're both really good players, but... I'll back my boy Joel, no
0: matter what happens. So, ride or die. What would you? Who would win in a fight, Joel and If straight up fight, Joel and versus Cat.
1: I feel like it has to be Embiid. He really? That, he has that Cameroonian strength. I mean, he also just is so much more built than Cat is right now. Yeah. Cat lost a lot of weight, which he, he looks good. He looks to be a lot more athletic than he was in the past seasons, but he still doesn't have that muscle. You saw Embiid was just kind of doing whatever he wanted in the paint with cat He was able to just put his shoulder into him and back him down. He just doesn't have the the muscle and the size to keep up with him.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think I'd probably go Joel Embiid, but I'd probably take it a couple rounds, maybe like seven or eight rounds. That, that, that's, that'd be my final prediction.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, out there wrestling Lions in the African Sahara, you got to give it
0: to <laughs> Embiid. You're going to give it to Embiid. That's yeah. fair. Well, the last little bit of news we're going to get to before we get to the fun part of our show is about... Who else but Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving is always getting himself into this trouble. The whole mood swing thing has already been reported by longtime NBA journalist and former uh, Celtics journalist, but now national journalist and one of the best writers in the world, Jackie McMillan. McMullen, excuse me. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say anymore. It's, it, it seems like when you sign up for Kyrie Irving, you're signing up for the Kyrie Irving experience. Now you know he's going to be moody. You know his mood swings are going to be there, and he's just, I don't know, he's, I, I don't know, I don't even know what to say anymore, Mike. Yeah,
1: I said uh, earlier in one of our like preseason podcasts that uh, I thought all the issues in Brooklyn would hold off till next year when KD's on the court, but clearly that's not the case, and Kyrie is already back at it again, um, saying that there are... Locker room issues with him and the team. What was the exact report of uh, what he said? He, what he when, was, they, when they
0: took their trip to China, he apparently went on this complete riff and did not talk to anybody. He had a mood swing and just totally shut down with all of the players while he was over there, which is just very on-brand of Kyrie Irving.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so what happens next is he just kind of loses his head in the locker room, spazz on some people, and... We see even more dissension sowed there in Brooklyn. Um, I hope or I don't hope for anything. I think that's what Brooklyn was not hoping for. I think they thought that they could move past it and give him the reins of the team, unlike in Boston where there was maybe some other players who rose to prominence that kind of could have irked Kyrie. But now it just seems like he's just a generally irritable guy. And the It's not great. That does not bode well for the future of that Nets franchise.
0: No, not at all. And especially when you have another uh, big ego on that team like Kevin Durant, who already said he's a basketball artist. You don't have to talk to Kyrie. You just let him go and let him do his thing. He understands. Which just doesn't exactly feel like he's a guy you want to build around with that kind of quote. Like, I, oh yeah, just just leave him alone, no one says a word to him, let him just do his thing. That's not a leader, that's not a franchise guy. It just doesn't fit, and a guy like uh, Kevin Durant, who already has had troubles with other superstars in his past, Draymond Green and Russell Westbrook, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to fit.
1: Yeah, I mean, not every franchise player has to be a leader by any means, but it definitely does help to have a, a veteran presence in the locker room, especially like in Brooklyn, where they don't have a lot of vets who've been around the league who can kind of show the rest of these guys the way. Uh, they're kind of asking Kyrie to step up and do that and it doesn't seem like he is going to bring a positive energy to the situation.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I I just I, and I have so much I have so much dislike for Kyrie in my heart and it it makes me sad that the that he had to bring the Brooklyn Nets down with him because they were a really fun team last year. But it does, as Thanos once said, it puts a smile on my face to see how far they've fallen. It's, I don't know, it's, it's definitely, it's becoming, it's becoming, it, it's, it's who he is now. It's who he is. He's a problem.
1: Kyrie's going to snap the Nets' hopes for a title right out the window, disappear, Ashes.
0: I totally agree with you. I, I just I can't see him. I can't see him winning again. He's and the worst part is he's getting a bad reputation now around the league. So it's just it's becoming a problem, and Kyrie Irving is the problem. All right, Mike. Now we're gonna do the fun part of our podcast, which uh, it came to me when I was doing. Uh, I was in my senior seminar class, and we are doing these informational interviews between ourselves. And we have to do interviews in front of the entire class and talk about just whatever, what we want to do, how we're going to get there, the teacher interviews us and all this stuff. And then you get feedback from your fellow students and she does it in a way that you get a piece of paper and you have to write down two stars and a wish, which means two things that you really like that they did and what you liked about what they said and one thing that you wish they could have done better. So we're going to do the same idea, but we're going to do it, with basketball. So, our two stars are going to be two things we have really liked so far that have happened in the season, different storylines, and then one thing we wish was going to be better. So, Mike, can you give me one of your stars?
1: I'll just get it off the bat. I'll get the, the little bit of Homerism out early. Uh, the one star is going to be that the Philadelphia 76ers look like the team they were expected to be. They are 4-0. They're one of two undefeated teams. Tonight. One
0: of two undefeated teams.
1: Yeah. Um, They pretty handily took care of the other undefeated team Um, last, it was Wednesday, during um, the Timberwolves-Sixers game. They generally just look like a completely different team than they have in the past. The past few years, there's been high expectations, but they've been in games like Monday's game against the Atlanta Hawks, where they kind of struggle, they're not hitting all their shots, and you think, okay, they're the better team in this situation, but they're clearly going to lose this game. They don't have what it takes to finish down the road. This time, uh, there was just full confidence in them. I feel like this is a squad that has a completely different mindset, a completely different tone around the team altogether. They're a team that's going to finish out games. They're going to pull through hard victories. They're going to play well when they need to. They're going to step up to the occasion and play good teams like the Timberwolves very well. And I, I hope that this keeps up for the rest of the season because this is a great start. All
0: right, now I'm going to switch over, and I'm going to keep up with my homerism. Uh the C- The Celtics, after one bad game against the Sixers, which in my mind was just the two teams playing really, really poorly and underperforming <laughs> big time. Both teams look awesome right now, the Celtics and the Sixers, and especially the Celtics. The big thing that they have they didn't have last year they're able to punch back for the first time in a year. They with, they, with Kyrie Irving as a the leader, they always rolled over at the end of the game. They didn't have that mental toughness. But now they score most of their points in the fourth and third quarter than any other team. Not to mention, last night they were down, two nights ago, they were down to the Bucks by 19 at half. They come back and they beat the Bucs by, I think, double digits. It was double digits. I think it was 12, which totally, totally blows my mind. The team, it's a whole different team. Kemba Walker as a new leader. Jason Tatum's slowly starting to take that step, and he's already doing it this early in the season. Super encouraging. I like this team a lot and it makes me really excited that, sure, they might not win the NBA championship, but I'll tell you what, they're going to go down fighting each time. Mike, what's your other star?
1: Smother star is a team that I had, when we were doing our playoff predictions, I didn't have the highest expectations necessarily for them. I didn't have them making the playoffs, but um, I kind of got some flack for that one, thinking that, oh, it's the Spurs. The Spurs are always going to make the playoffs. It's Greg Popovich. He's going to take them there. I was a little skeptical, but um, four games into the season, I don't feel the need to be skeptical anymore. They look like the squad that everybody thinks they should be. They look like they're playing San Antonio Spurs basketball. Um, They're getting great performances from all their guys. DeMar is doing what he does. He's averaging 23.8 on the season so far. DeJounte Murray is leading them in rebounds, assists, and steals. He's bounced back really well. They're still getting great production out of LaMarcus Aldridge. (laughs) This is just a, this is a squad who's going to get the job done, and um, I didn't necessarily see them doing that before the season started, but I'm glad to see that the Spurs are to their same ways, and I hope they can keep it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Spurs have definitely been one of the biggest surprises so far in the season, especially the way that Popovich has been able to utilize all of his players. I mean, they have a slew of young guys on that team who, largely unknown, at least from a season ago, They have DeJounte Murray back in the helm, who's leading them in rebounds and assists and steals. They have Brent Forbes playing serious minutes, too. Derek White, who was on Team USA, but, I mean, it's Derek White. How many people actually know who Derek... You know what I mean? Like, Trey Lyles is logging up to 20 minutes a game. He's got guys playing basketball at a high level who... Probably the highest level that they have so far in their careers, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean... He's still getting great production out of Aldridge and DeRozan, which are the two main guys, but the, down the bench, I mean, Rudy Gay, 23 minutes, he's averaging about 10 points. He's looked fine. Patty Mills is doing what he does. They, they have they have guys. Lonnie Walker, please give him some more of a run, but I mean, I guess they're not going to mess with it if they're doing well. It's, it's, a, it's a good squad, and it looks like Pop has coached up these guys to be a legitimate team again this season.
0: Yeah, uh, now I'm going to move over to one of my stars because uh, I think we've talked much uh, too long about the boring Spurs even though they're good. I, I think we've uh, done our part.
1: There's never anything interesting to say
0: about the Spurs. Besides that, they're undefeated right now, but like, yeah. there's still not any... They're group. winning. Yeah, but like in a very meh way. Mm-hmm. But, okay, I'm going to move over to probably one of my favorite players in the league, Luca. He's my next star. I mean, he's playing like a, a legitimate MVP candidate right now, averaging 25 points per game. Eight, assist, I mean 8 rebounds and 6.8 assists. The dude's crazy. He's crazy good. The stuff that he's been showing early on the season, the clutch gene's already there. He, drained, he hit this nice layup to close out a game last night. Kristaps and him look phenomenal. I love that Mavericks team, but especially Luka. The one thing that he has to fix is his turnovers, but Luka has been so good, so good. I think anybody can agree with me right now that when you look at Luka, you see a future MVP candidate. I, I, I think anybody would agree with that, don't you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's not a controversial statement by any means. It's um, definitely lofty expectations, but not controversial.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I think it might be coming sooner rather than later. I mean, this Mavericks team has only lost one game so far on the season. They're a good team, and they're a dangerous team, and with and when a team like Golden State is out of the running, there's a team that's going to slip in there, Maybe get a lower to mid seed, and they might shock some people because they have star power on this team. And I'm excited because I think Luca can carry a team. I think he can carry a team to a championship. It's not going to happen this year, but he did it with Real Madrid when he was 16. 16, he was on Real Madrid, one of the best overseas basketball teams in the world. Won a championship there too when he was only 18. This team's... He's crazy good. I'm really excited about what I'm seeing with him. I think it's only up from here. Luca, come to the Celtics, my man. I love you more than life.
1: Good luck with that.
0: Yeah, it'll probably never happen, but a man can dream.
1: All right, moving on from our two... What was it? Stars? Mm -hmm. Moving on to our wish for what we had hoped would be a little better this season, or what we hope will turn around in this season. Um... If you've listened to the last few podcasts, you know that I was pretty high on the Sacramento Kings community this season.
0: And I was not. Let it be known.
1: <sighs> and boy, is my wish that they can turn it around because they are 0-5 right now. It is a horrendous start. In all the years that they have been just terrible and near in the lottery, like really high up picks, they still never started 0-5. And yet wow. this team that had high expectations, here we are. We're sitting at it with a terrible record and terrible losses to bat. They lose their first game by almost 30 points to the Suns. They lose by, uh, again, almost 30 to the Jazz. Close games with the Nuggets and the um, <clears throat> Trailblazers. But then there's also a close loss to the, the Hornets. I mean, this team is just inconsistent. And I get, I guess that Bagley's only played one game, which is kind of a... Which will bring any team down. He's supposed to be one of the focal points of this roster. They're asking Rashawn Holmes to do a lot at the big man spot, which... Rich. rich. I'm a big fan of Rich Homie, but he's, he's not your go-to big man scorer by any means. He, he's been post-rising some dudes, but yeah. it's really not... I don't know if that's helping their offensive efficiency at all. Um, They're there's still this, the same team that everyone thought they would... Or they have the same roster everyone thought would be really good, and I think the potential is still there. It's just maybe they need Bagley back. Maybe they need to find a little groove. Maybe... Mm, people are quick to blame Luke Walton, but maybe there is something to it. Maybe Luke Walton needs to change something up with his squad. He needs to find out different rotations. He needs to just fix what's going on. They need, just in general, to fix the situation here because they have a good roster. They have a bunch of guys who should be a solid team, and they are just in a terrible spot so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, they haven't really changed much from one season to the next. The only thing that's really changed is the fact that they lost all camaraderie somehow. It seems like they're just really out of sorts, and the two... It, it it just seems like the two the marriage of the two of the Kings and Luke Walton has just not gone well early on, and it's just not really working out. And like you said, the team's loaded with talent for the most part. Between, I mean, your, your top guy is Fox, Buddy Heald, who just got that contract extension, Harrison Barnes, who's at least serviceable. They definitely should be better than what they are, should not be taking any bad losses for sure. All right, now, for my... Biggest uh, for my wish, man. I wish good health on the Pacers, because man, have they struggled so far this year? They are only one and four. Jeez, Or yeah, one and one and three. It's gonna be one and four after night. Um, the, and the, the losses they've had, not great. They've played the Pistons twice and lost twice. The Pistons. They lost the Cavs. The only win they got. Was against the Nets, a Nets team who is struggling, probably worse than them. I have no, I have no bad will towards that though, because, you know, I hate Kyrie. Yeah, it's an experience. yeah. so I went through that already, and I'm, I'm wishing it on them too, which is probably mean, but whatever. But th- this team, this this Pacers team, is just so beat up. Depot's out, and now Miles Turner, another focal point of their team. Turned his ankle the other night in a non-contract injury, and he's out for a little bit with a sprained ankle. They just can't get anything going, and it's a shame because some some of their guys are really playing well. Like Sabonis is having a career year averaging 22 and 10, and so is Brogan averaging 20-plus and 10 as, as well. So you got two guys doing their job, but no one else is really helping. For a team that all last year prided themselves on being really good defensively and being deep, Those are their two biggest traits. But now it seems like this team's kind of washed away what it had before. Lost that second scorer in uh, Bogdanovich who went to the Utah Jazz. And it's a shame because they were one of the most fun team-oriented teams in the league last year. And now they kind of look like a shell themselves. And obviously it could change when Victor Oladipo comes back. But that's a serious injury. You don't know what he's going to do when he comes back. With a quad injury, he could have zapped him all the way of all of his athleticism. And, I mean, Miles Turner, he shouldn't be out too long. But even in the short term, not having one of your guys when you're already down in a hole, and I know it's early in the season, it's not a great look for the team. I don't know. What do you think, Mike?
1: Yeah, they, they just kind of, they look lost out there. They look like a team without an identity so far. And, um, I mean, I'm hoping that they pulled around. We both had we're expecting big things from them, even with Oladipo's injury. So, hopefully they fix whatever the issue is there.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be actually the end of this podcast, Mike. We actually have a pretty short podcast today because it's Halloween and we got to go trick-or-treat him.
1: Yeah, it's Halloween. I'm suffering. It, we we needed to cut it a little a little shorter.
0: Yeah, we knew Mike didn't have too much in the tank, and plus we got to get, like I said, ready for trick-or-treating. We're here with uh, one of our friend's dogs, Tucker. He's in the room, and he's just been bouncing around back and forth. So if we sounded distracted at any point of this podcast, it's probably because he was doing something ridiculous. He just keeps trying to eat the floor. We don't even know <laughs> what he's going after. He just keeps biting at the—what is he doing right now?
1: He is munching the carpet.
0: See, that's why we were distracted. That's why this thing was a little bit short. But, hey, yeah. what it happens sometimes. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Be sure to listen. Follow us. on, Listen to us on Twitter. Not Oh, Meg, I'm butchering this. What a, what a mess. Make sure you listen to us on Spotify and iTunes. Make sure you like and subscribe us. Follow us on Twitter at ScoopDHoop. And we will see you next time. Adiós. <Wherever>